Hi, this is Pastor Mike Gordon, and welcome to Bethel Brandon's Sunday Message. For more information about this podcast and more resources, visit us at BethelBrandon.ca. It is great to have Clarence Mitchell with us. Uh, now, when I first came here as a, a youth pastor, he was at district conference, and he kind of, uh, I was kind of on committees with him in, ter- in terms of youth convention and youth camp and stuff like that, so, so uh, he's no stranger to, to, to Bethel and uh, to us. Uh, he is the assistant director of stewardship with the PAOC, and so he's going to be sharing uh, this morning. Come on up, Clarence. God bless. Let's have a, a round of applause for Clarence as he <laughs> Good morning, church, and here and also, also online, and uh, it's just so good to, to be with you this morning. Um, you should have a booklet. Uh, if you don't, uh, there's one available for you. Um, if you don't have one at home, you can get one also from the church. The, these booklets go along with the presentation, and um, there's other stuff in there that you may uh, wish to, to use as well. Um, after we finish, I'll give you uh, a few more instructions on the, the sign-up if you would like to have a will to assist you or power of attorney documents and that. I'll give you um, some of the detailed instruction of that after we finish here uh, this morning. Um, the Bible says in Luke 12, someone in the crowd said to him, teacher, Tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Jesus replied, Man, who appointed me a judge or an arbitrator between you? Then he said, Watch out. Be on guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. And then he told them this parable. The ground of a certain rich man yielded abundant harvest. He thought to himself, What shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones, and there I'll store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool. This very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves but is not rich towards God. Uh, some of the translations says, but not rich in their relationship towards God. I want to use that as a backdrop of what we're talking about this morning. Um, principles in the Bible that deal with personal finances. There's six points I want to cover. The first is find the spot marked X. Uh, in other words, where are you financially? Secondly, we're talking about setting some financial goals. And, of course, once you set a goal, then you have to uh, determine how to reach that goal. That's what you call creating a financial plan. And number four, manage your spending. In, our, in church, we know and deal quite a bit with the tithe, the 10% that belongs to God. We don't very often go into that other 90%. That's where I want to go this morning in managing your spending and point out some biblical principles there. Number five, plan for retirement. Some of you here are retired at home. Um, The rest of us wish we were. Number six, final touches, very important part, and we'll get to that estate plan. But let's start 
back at number one, find the spot marked X. It's difficult to follow directions if you don't know where you are. Say you were in a mall looking for a shoe store. You could go all through that mall, but probably you'd go to what we call a directory. And let's say for our example's sake, that shoe store is there. In order to get there, you really need to know where you are. And so you're looking for that spot marked X. Um, get you anywhere. So let's start back at uh, principle number one, uh, uh, how to find the spot marked X. The first thing I want us to do is this, be honest. <laughs> it's interesting how we sidestep things that we really don't want to talk about, isn't it? Be open, like everything has to be on the table if you're really going to find out where you're at. All the time payments, any overdue payments, all the credit cards, like there can be no surprises, okay? Thirdly, have you ever sat down and considered how you deal with your money? Uh, uh, where, why are you at where you're at? Like, uh, if you're not doing well, um, maybe it's not all your fault. Maybe you've been sick and haven't been able to go into work, yet the bills come in. Um, uh, maybe there's other issues that come up that you never planned for. And so there, there could be reasons why you're where you are, but maybe you're where you are because you haven't done any planning. You haven't looked after your money properly. You've never kept track of where you spend it. You've never sat down and made out a budget. So maybe thinking things through where you are would be a good situation. When you talk about money, it's okay to get worked up. Um, money is a very uh, important and also s almost sacred commodity that we deal with. Um, as I cross the country, though, I, I find a lot of people, when you talk about money, kind of get anxiety or kind of get scared because they really don't know what the future holds. Money also deals with our relationships. I kind of like this slide because it says a lot in a kind of a very quick way. Um, apparently, he says, I've done something to upset you. Uh, I need to go on. Uh, I need you to understand that there is always hope in any situation in our life, even when it comes to the financial area. The Bible has so much to say about and give instruction about the, the resources we have. In fact, I'm told that there's over 2,500 different references in the Bible that deal with money. Let's look at just a, a couple of those uh, um, quickly this morning. Matthew, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Another very common verse is found in Matthew 6. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your heart is, where your treasure is, your, your heart will be also. Um, let's get back to finding the spot marked X. We call it the double O law of finances. Now, this is a pretty simple law. Uh, it's quite easy to follow. The first O represents everything that you own. The second O represents everything that you owe. Now, if you take one O from the other O, you get what we call your net worth. Um, I hope that when you do that, you don't have to say these words, O, o or maybe zero, zero. Um, let me give you an illustration, things that we own. Maybe a house, some real estate, cottage, mutual funds, pensions. Let's put some figures in there just for an example's sake. This guy, 
He has a house worth about 350. Automobiles about 22. He has an RV about 48. Mutuals of 16. TFSA of 12. Bit of cash 800. So the total of what he owns is 448,800. That's what he owns. Let's look at what he owes. On his house, he still owes about 245. Automobiles getting it down there about 12. Uh, his RV's got it down to about 18. Yeah, remember I said everything had to be on the table. Don't forget your mother-in-law, okay? So the total of what he owes is 283000 So you take one from the other. His net worth really is only 165800 Now, you put your own figures in there and find out where you are. What is your net worth? Second, the next thing I want us to consider is how about setting some financial goals? Uh, you're here now. We'll talk about long-term goals a little later. Uh, in your booklet on page 7 and 8, it gives you a whole list of suggested goals that you, you might want to consider. Goals need to be specific. They need to be measurable, attainable, realistic, and within a certain time frame. Notice it's smart thing to do to determine where you want to go to set some goals. After you've set these goals, how are you going to reach them? That's what we call creating a financial plan. In creating a financial plan, the first thing I want you to do is this. Make a commitment to God. The Bible says, commit to the Lord whatever you do and your plans will succeed. God wants to come into every situation uh, in your life. Secondly, get help from informed people and reliable resources in your church, in your community, all kinds of people whose expertise is money, um, bankers, lawyers, financial counselors, financial advisors. Like if you have a financial situation you're dealing with, why don't you consider uh, contacting one of these people and asking them for some advice? So, thirdly, um, invoke the old McDonald law of economics. And in setting up a financial plan, I want to use these letters. Yeah. I want to use E-I-E-I-O in setting up a financial plan. That first EI stands for what's your expected income? Employment, pensions, investments. Uh, let's put some figures in there for example's sake. Uh, this guy, he made about 4550 bucks for in wages. He had some investments. He got about some 198 in a month on them. Rents out a part of his home. He gets about 750 Does a bit of work on the side, 300 So his ex uh, total expected income was about $57.98. That's the first EI, expected income. The second EI stands for expenses incurred. How much do you spend in a given month? And we're going to talk about the Lord's share, household expenses, monthly payments. Let's continue our, our illustration. So our tithe would be about $580. We do about $175 in offerings. Our um, household expenses is about $1010. Our mortgage and utilities is about $2450. Uh, five forty-five for a house payment, bit of savings, three forty a month, and then you come to that category called other, six ninety-eight. Like, do you really know where all your money goes? Every time you swipe your Interact or that money you carry around in your pocket, um, in your booklet on page nine, there is a a 14-day spending plan you can, where you can write down for 14 days every penny that you spend. Now, guys, it's not a life sentence. It's 14 days. 
and he hanging there for there. Uh, like, it's amazing where we spend our money, and we really don't know how much we do there. Find out. So, um, our, yeah. our expected income was $57.98. Our expenses incurred were $57.98. So our outcome, now before you think that that's kind of not good, I wish I could get the people in our churches across the country to do that this good. I mean, that's what you call a balanced portfolio, not spending any more than you make. But listen, if you want to better that bottom line, there's a, one of two ways that you can do that. We call it the fire ordinance. You can better your bottom line if, first of all, you make more money. And you can be as creative as you want. You can put longer time and hours in at the place of employment. Um, you can have a spouse that goes out to work to your two-income family. Uh, you can find a, a need in your community, supply that service charge for, set up a small business. Like, if you can make more money, your bottom line should come up. Oftentimes, I find that as people make more, they continue just to spend more. So maybe the other thing that you should consider is reduce expenses. Now, financial advisors tell us that Canadians make enough money, they just spend too much. In reducing expenses, the first thing you have to determine is where will you cut back? What will you do without? In Canada, we're not used to doing it without very easy, are we? Like, we have that wish list. Like, like we, we, we can spend very quickly, but if you're going to better your bottom line, you need to reduce expenses, and there's kind of a, a slogan that goes along, like, no pain, no gain. It's not just as easy to talk about it as it is to do it. So one of those two ways, or even a combination of that, could help you better your bottom line. Now, principle number four, manage your spending. There's six important players in all of our lives. The first important player, of course, is God. I have Canada Revenue Agency second. You know why I have them second? I don't care where you live in Canada. They're going to find you. Um, you and your family, a very important player in our life. Uh, our employers, our creditors, our neighbors, like all important players. I wanted to cover these individually. Let's go back to God comes first. Let's come back to this verse where it says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. It's important that we put God in his proper place in our lives so that we can enjoy and count on and enable him to bless us and to help us. Um, the Bible says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. The only verse in the Bible where God says, test me in this. That's kind of interesting. Um, the way I explain tithing is this way. When you walk in obedience to the word of God, you invite God into your world. And when you invite God into your world, uh, he works miracles. He's just that kind of a God. There's unexpected things that you have no explanation, but he helps in that whole area. On the opposite side, that when you don't walk according to the word of God, you, you push God out of, your, out of your world, push him out of your life, saying, God, I can do it. I can handle this. Listen, I kind of like God in my life, okay? Um, so often we tie God's hands from helping us, from guiding us, because we don't walk in obedience to what he says. Uh, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. 
uh, I kind of grew up in church. I kind of know what kind of happens, you know. Uh, bring the whole time. Walk in obedience to the Lord, and he will bless you. In fact, I kind of like this verse. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Uh, whoever sows generously will also reap generously. The laws of God are always in, in force. Every man should give what he's determined in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And this part kind of stands out. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that in all things and at all times, having all that you need, yeah, you will abound in every good work. Very interesting promises. Let me go on. God comes first. The tax man, our uh, tech at the national office, um, he got his tax bill, and he wasn't very happy about it, so he sits down at his typewriter, and he considers for something, but he comes up with this. I'm writing to cancel my subscription. Please remove my name from your mailing list. <laughs> Doesn't work that way, okay? <laughs> uh, but let, let me give you good news first. The government understands that it doesn't do a very good job with social services. Charities and volunteers can do a far better service. So they've made all kinds of tax concessions to encourage you and I to become involved in charitable giving. 45% of what you give to your church will come back to you via tax receipt. Other tax laws allow us to receive tax credits up to 75% of our taxable income. When an estate gives to a charity, they can claim the total 100%. Interesting laws out there that help us when we do take steps and be generous in this area. The other news, though, is, is this as well. We live in one of the best countries in the world, and it's important that we do pay our fair share of taxes. Renders to Caesar what is Caesar's, and to God what is God's. I'm going to go on to you and your family. Um, financial advisors tell us that we should have an emergency fund set aside of about three months' salary. Uh, don't raise your hands, or, but how are you making out there? Uh, I'm told that 60% of Canadians live from paycheck to paycheck. That means they spend everything that comes in. But you need to set up somehow that you do a savings. Let me give you some examples. Maybe some of you are doing this already. Uh, maybe this will open an area for you. Um, first of all, uh, maybe consider the uh, minus 10 technique. Very interesting technique. Uh, um, when your check comes in, you take 10% off of the Lord's work, but then take another 10% off for your own savings and make your budget on the 80% that's left. 10, 10, 80. Very inter interesting technique, but I don't see too many getting excited by it. Uh, let's go on to another one. The, the plus 10 technique. This wouldn't be explained this way. You pay all your bills for the month. I don't know. Let's say your bills amount to $3,200. Then you would take 10% of that $3,200, which would be $320, and you treat it like a bill. You put it into a savings plan. You do something with it. You put it into investment. Uh, well, you don't want to go. Uh, let's try another one. Um, the uh, days due. You know, if you just take the change that's in your pocket, uh, when I put my change away, if, if there's any tunies, my wife, she takes them. But, you know, if you even just collect that, over time, it's amazing how it adds up. Or why don't you go to your banker, 
have him take off 50, 75, 100 bucks, like out of sight, out of mind. There's got to be a way that you do not spend everything that comes in. The Bible says it this way. In the house of the wise are stores of choice foods and oils. But it says a foolish man devours all that he has. There's got to be a way that you set something. Your creditors. Uh, let's go on. I don't want to talk about your employer, but I want to talk about your creditors. Um, the Bible says the rich rule over the poor and the borrower is servant to the lender. I want to deal with how do you get out of debt. It's amazing how the, uh, the debt of a household continues to rise in our nation. How do you get out of debt? The Bible says the prudent man sees danger and takes refuge, but the simple keep going and suffer for it. Um, how to get out of debt? Stop credit card spending or any form of borrowing. Um, secondly, pay off debts with the highest interest first. Uh, thirdly, develop a budget. I know you have a, you know, something in your mind, but why don't you put it down on paper? You can use page 18 in your booklet as a, uh, as a guide. Uh, uh, taxes and tithes comes off the top, uh, and then your housing should be, and it leaves a number of benchmarks there to put your own figures in there just to see how that matches up. It might be a, a help in setting up a budget, okay? Um, fourthly, exercise self-discipline as a lifestyle. Like, um, someone put it this way, Canadians buy things they really don't need with money they don't have to impress people they don't even like. Like, if you don't have money to buy something, why don't you just say no and start saving money and then buy it when you have money stored up for it? Fifthly, consider lifestyle adjustments. Seek counsel, learn to trust in God. Remember Jesus said to the rich farmer who's going to pull down his barns and build greater, he said, life doesn't consist in the abundance of things that you surround yourself with. Okay? Things and having possessions doesn't really satisfy the inner soul that only is satisfied with a relationship with Jesus Christ. Let's go to the last one here, um, our neighbor. Uh, Christianity actually taught the world charity. Neighbors found in the New Testament about 17 times, but in, in Luke 10, there's a kind of an interesting portion where uh, Jesus was asked by a lawyer, well, who is my neighbor? And he tells him this story. Of a, rich, of a certain man going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, falling, falling into the hands of uh, robbers who was stripped him of his clothes, beat him, uh, left him on the side of the road half dead. And uh, three people passed by, a, a priest, a Levi, and a Samaritan. The Samaritan stopped and helped the man in need, and Jesus said to the lawyer, which of these three do you think was neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? And the lawyer said, um, the one who had mercy on him. And Jesus said, go and do thou likewise. Very interesting story. Okay? These three people were on their normal day's journey. Okay? And they come across a need, a person in need. Two passed by, one stopped and helped. We've lived in a, a difficult year, haven't we? Um, life has changed without us even giving our consent about it. And we find that we, we, we have all been somehow stretched and uh, in, affected by what's gone along. 
And maybe this whole thing about having compassion and mercy and helping people in need is something that we need to keep in mind as we walk day by day on our life's journey and not be like the, you know, the priest or the Levi, but be like the Samaritan who uh, you know, had compassion and mercy even though it cost him his time and it cost him money, but he helped the people in need. You know, it's so easy to get only caught up in our world, but there's a world out there that, that needs us to reach out to them. And this morning, in fact, maybe you might be here who, you know, says, listen, I need God to come and touch me. I need God to help me. I, I, I just need some, his presence to strengthen me and, and help me as I walk through life. And I want to stop right now this morning. I don't want us to pray. You know, marriages have been stretched. Kids' lives have been, have been you know, attacked. And there's so much need out there because of the situation that we've gone through that we can't handle it by ourselves. So God, this morning, just as we bow in your presence, here in this sanctuary at home where we are, we just ask you, God, that your presence would surround us that your spirit would minister to us. Uh, you know the need that we're struggling with, uh, the, the things that we need. Uh, you know our hearts cry. And so, God, this morning, we, we ask you to come and minister to us by the power of your spirit. Touch our lives and refresh us by your, your goodness and your mercy, I pray. And, God, we thank you for that this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. I need to go on. Plan for retirement. <laughs> These guys had a plan. Uh, didn't seem to be working out too well. Uh, what's your plan? Um, in the, um, let me pick up a pen here. 1961, 7% of the population was over the age of 65. And 42% of the population was under the age of 19. They tell us by 2031, 27% of the population will be over 65. And 14% of the population will be under the age of 19. What, what is that really saying? Um, Canada pays out the least to its seniors of all the industrialized nations. And so if you're just going to live in retirement on old age security and CPP, you're going to be living far below the poverty line. So it might be good to consider uh, how you're going to retire and, and how you're going to put that whole thing together before you get to that age. I wish somebody would have sat down with me and, uh, you know, give me some instruction. In fact, um, uh, retirement planning is something that should start um, today, right now, in your life. Like, you may, if you're planning to retire at 55 or 65 or even 71, like, when you retire, Canada Pension Plan pays out constant to you. Uh, old age security pays out constant to you. Your pensions also pay out constant to you. 
you need to determine down here, what, how much do I need to live on per month when I retire? Whatever figure you put there, uh, I will just put 6,000, 60,000, uh, 6,000 a month just to have a figure there. The only option you have to uh, help meet that particular part is the investment area. RSPs, tax-free savings, real estate, GICs, stocks, bonds, whatever, whatever kind of investment you want to become involved in uh, can help you make up what these other areas may lack in fulfilling what you're, the, the goal that you're reaching. In fact, um, it's important that, that you sit down and talk with a financial advisor and let him help you walk through this. In fact, I encourage people to you know, to do it every, at least every 10 years, sit down and talk with them and see how your plan is fulfilling because too often we run, we, <laughs> we get older and not realize it, okay? And uh, we enter this area um, unprepared. So take some action. Find out where you're at. Uh, do a financial plan. In fact, you can see pages 15 and 16 in your booklet when they give you some help as well. Take advantage of compound interest. Compound interest is really making interest upon interest. Um, um, compound interest over five years to see how much uh, greater it is. And if you extend that over 10, 15, 20 years, compound interest works to your advantage. So get started as soon as you can. Uh, uh, invest with the advice of an investor. There's so many uh, vehicles out there to invest in. You need to have somebody that you can trust that knows the markets and how they work and can instruct you and inform you. Um, if you want to invest in the Lord's work, there's two areas here that I'll touch upon. And if you're interested, you can just talk to me personally on them. One is mortgage certificate uh, program. Um, these funds help us to finance church buildings across the country. They're a term per uh, investment, one to three years. <clears throat> They pay 2% higher than approximately than GICs at your local banks. Um, they're a guaranteed investment. And so they, they, they might be an area that you, you would like to uh, consider. And uh, as I say, if you're interested, just talk to me. If you're older, there's what we call uh, uh, gift annuities. Now, gift annuities provide the regular payments not only your lifetime, but the lifetime of your spouse. Interest is based on your age. The older you are, the higher their interest we can pay you. And what's interesting about these is that all or at least a large portion of the interest payments are tax-free. So, um, again, a very interesting um, portfolio. And if you're you know, older, I mean in the area of 70 or so, might be something for you to consider. Now I want to do what we call the final touches, estate planning. Um, while you're still here, while you're still alive, you may need what we call a substitute decision maker. And this person can act on your behalf in two ways, two areas. One, of course, is um, financial area. And uh, I need you to understand that in this area, you need to have what they call the enduring power of attorney. Now, while I was here last time, and helped you with your documents. We gave you what we call the general power of attorney. You need to update that to the enduring power of attorney. The enduring power of attorney not only covers physical disability, but it also covers mental infirmity. And it's important that you have that document. 
Uh, The second thing it covers is personal care. Now, um, uh, this guy says to his spouse, just so you know, I never want to live in a vegetated state dependent on some machine. He says, if that ever happens, just unplug me, okay? (laughs) And he says, okay. He wasn't talking about that machine, was he? (laughs) I need to move on. Now listen, you who say, today or tomorrow, we'll go to this or that city, spend a year, carry on business, make money. Why, you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What's your life? You're a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Um, Three out of ten adults have a prepared will. Many say they don't have enough money to make a will or think they're going to die if they write a will. I run into that one all the time. Um, Many say that wills are only for older people, uh, and some of you are saying, yeah, I got plenty of time. You know what I say? Yeah, right. Uh, You need a will if you're over the age in Manitoba, over the age of 18. If you're recently married or divorced, you need to update that document. If there's special family concerns, it can be reflected in that document. If it doesn't reflect your current thinking, you should look at your document every five to seven years because things change over time. If it doesn't provide for the Lord's work or if you're a new parent, all good reasons to make sure you have a document. Um, advantages of having a will yeah, avoids family conflict. You'd be amazed at the conflict when there's nothing, no documents available. Controls the way assets are distributed, provides for certain circumstances, uh, provides for uh, minor children by naming guardians and trustees. If you're parents of minor children, you both go at one time, you have no document, your kids become the property of the court. Allows you to make provision for some of your assets to go to the Lord's work, and you can save estate money. Oh, if you have, talk about who would be the executor. We would talk about the guardians, uh, what ages. We talk about your assets, if you want to support the Lord's work, and whether you want to do it yourself, get some assistance, turn over Lord, all good questions. There's two type of wills that we use. Uh, we, one was we, we, we do the, what we call the traditional will. And we're using an estate of 200000 That's what they say the average estate across the country is. The fees of executing an estate, of course, is 5%, so often come ten grand. And I'm assuming a lot here just to make this simple. Um, the surviving spouse that lives off the estate doesn't use it up, but when the, that spouse goes, another 5%, so often come 9500 So after both mom and dad have gone, 180500 uh, $180, remains. If they have two kids, each kid gets 90250 that's what you call a traditional will. One spouse, the other spouse, after both go to the kids. Now, how long do you think it takes them to spend your inheritance? <laughs> yeah, all of those nice things. We also do what we call the charitable will. And by using the same size of the state, in our document we say when one spouse goes, everything goes to the other spouse, like there's, you want a little disruption as possible. When the surviving spouse goes, then, then that when the estate has to be probated and the fees are about 5%, so off comes 10 grand. We're encouraging our people to give to the Lord's work. You've served the Lord all of your life. You've given to the king. Well, what about when you go? We're suggesting 10%. Nothing magical about that figure. But the kingdom has all kinds of needs. Um, a charitable will helps reach lost people, helps plant churches, helps equip and train leaders, 
helps the needy, cares for orphans, widows, feeding the hungry. Like there's all kinds of need in the kingdom that you could be part of if you considered giving something to the Lord's work, so off would come 20 grand. Now what's left of that estate is 170,000. Each child gets, what, 85,000? But because you've given something to the kingdom, the government kicks back into your estate a tax receipt of about $8,000. So divide that in half, add it to the bottom, you see the kids get very little less. So doing a charitable will recognizes the blessing of God. That's one way that we can life that includes others. In fact, the Bible says, you know, store up treasures in heaven. That's one way that we can do that. Um, demonstrates values to family members. Time provides a sense of self-satisfaction. We live out our days of service. And not only that, Revenue Canada works with you. It gives you back some money. <laughs> and God says... Well done, good and faithful servant. Might be something to consider when you're talking about wills and documents. Now, a pastor is going to come in a, in, a, in a minute or so, but I want to just say something about sign up. Uh, if you're wanting us to help you, assist you in writing your will, we can do that. There's no charge involved for it. Any of the services we provide, there's no charge for it. Um, because of the storm that's supposed to be coming, and they... It's all over everywhere. We decided not to book Monday and Tuesday. If you've booked Monday and Tuesday, we'll put that on to the next week, Monday and Tuesday. So if you haven't signed up, you'll start signing up for Thursday and Friday. And uh, the appointments will be here at the church. Um, if you're just doing enduring power of attorney, if you've got the other documents and you don't need to update, but you need to update that enduring power of attorney, um, let the office know, because it just takes about a half hour to do that. There's no charge for it. And it, it's a document that you really should have because it covers the whole area of mental incapacity. If you don't have that and you have dementia or Alzheimer's and you own property, you can't sell the property because the other spouse can't uh, sign off. And so it's important that you kind of let the office know uh, what documents you want. Thanks, it's great to be here. Bless you. God bless you. Thank you for taking the time to listen. Let's continue the conversation online. Visit us at BethelBrandon.ca or follow us on Facebook.